I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I have developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading Proverbs 7 through 9. In Proverbs chapter 7, we have yet another chapter on staying away from loose women, or particularly a woman here. Verse 1, My son, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live, and my law is the apple of thine eye. Bind them upon thy fingers, write them upon the table of thine heart. Say unto wisdom, Thou art my sister, and call understanding thy kinswoman, that they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger which flattereth with her words. For at the window of my house I looked through my casement, and beheld among the simple ones I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding, passing through the street near her corner, and he went the way to her house, in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. And behold, there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot, and subtle of heart. She is loud and stubborn, her feet abide not in her house. Now is she without, now in the streets, and lieth in wait at every corner. So she caught him, and kissed him, and with an impotent face said unto him, I have peace offerings with me. This day have I paid my vows. Therefore came I forth to meet thee, diligently to seek thy face, and I have found thee. I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestry, with carved works, with fine linen of Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us solace ourselves with loves. For the goodman is not at home. He has gone a long journey. He hath taken a bag of money with him, and will come home at the day appointed. With her much fair speech she caused him to yield, with the flattering of her lips she forced him. He goeth after her straightway, as an ox goeth to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks, till a dart strike through his liver, as a bird hasteth to the snare, and knoweth not that it is for his life." Hearken unto me now, therefore, O ye children, and attend to the words of my mouth. Let not thine heart decline to her ways. Go not astray in her paths, for she hath cast down many wounded. Yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. Well, this chapter starts out with a strong admonition to keep the commandments of these words. Notice the poetic yet intense way this admonition is made in verse 2 when it says, Keep my commandments and live, and my law is the apple of thine eye. The Hebrew word for apple here is a reference to the pupil of one's eye. That's how focused one is to be on the words being imparted here. Verse 3 emphasizes the same degree of focus when it says, Bind them upon thy fingers, write them upon the table of thine heart. It appears that Solomon may have been alluding to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 8 with that verse. That verse says, And thou shalt bind them for a signpost upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. 
So what is this principle that Solomon is so adamant about passing on? Well, here it is. Stay away from the loose woman. We see in verse 19 that he's referring to a woman who prowls the streets while her husband is out of town. She entices men to commit adultery with her. Solomon even explains her system of enticement in this writing from having viewed her tactics from his very own window. Whoa, Solomon really had a good view of the street from his house, didn't he? It's interesting that her tactics are quite deceptive to the foolish man, as it says she caught him and kissed him in verse 13. But then in verse 14, she informs him that she's just come from the temple where she's made her peace offerings, and according to Leviticus chapter 7, verses 11 through 36. And when you're returning from having made a peace offering, you're going to have some pretty nice cuts of meat with you. Hmm. An evening of fine food and romance with a gal who's just made her peace offerings before God. One big problem, though, and that's that the foolish young man is willing to overlook at this point the fact that she's married and she's cheating on her husband. Finally, in the strongest words Solomon could muster up, he warns of the consequences when one succumbs to her enticements in verses 26 and 27 when he says this, For she hath cast down many wounded, yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. In Proverbs chapter 8, we find wisdom once again personified. Verse 1, Doth not wisdom cry, and understanding put forth her voice? She standeth in the top of high places, by the way in the places of the paths. She crieth at the gates, at the entry of the city, at the coming in at the doors. Unto you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. O ye simple, understand wisdom, and ye fools, be ye of an understanding heart. Hear, for I will speak of excellent things, and the opening of my lips shall be right things. For my mouth shall speak truth, and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing froward or perverse in them. They are all plain to him that understandeth, and right to them that find knowledge. Receive my instruction, and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence." and find out knowledge of witty inventions. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy, and the evil way, and the froward mouth do I hate. Counsel is mine, and sound wisdom. I am understanding, I have strength. By me kings reign, and princes decree justice. By me princes rule, and noble, even all the judges of the earth. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Riches and honor are with me, yea, durable riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I lead in the way of righteousness, in the midst of the paths of judgment, that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance, and I will fill their treasures. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way, before his works of old." I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, or ever the earth was. When there was no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, 
before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree that the waters should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the foundations of the earth, then I was by him as one brought up with him, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth, and my delights were with the sons of men. Now therefore hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Hear instruction, and be wise, and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. For whoso findeth me findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death." Now, this is an interesting chapter where wisdom takes on personal attributes. Well, really, the attributes of God. It's similar to Proverbs chapter 1, verses 24 to 33, where there wisdom was also personified. As a matter of fact, as you read this chapter, you may forget that God's not being described in this chapter, but rather it's personified wisdom. So keep in mind as you read this, that it's wisdom talking, it's not God. Interestingly enough, the Hebrew word for wisdom used in this chapter is chakma. It's a noun in the feminine gender. Great lessons are contained, but you must understand that the pronoun I used in this chapter refers not to God, but to a personified wisdom. Again, it is not a reference to God in this chapter. Now, with all that being said, let's look at a few of the oft-misunderstood verses in Proverbs chapter 8. Verses 15 to 16 says, By me kings reign, and princes decree justice. By me princes rule, and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. The me there of both verses is a reference to wisdom, not a reference to God. And then verse 23 says, I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, or ever the earth was. Now, many have taken verses 22 to 31 out of context, forgetting that the I there is, in fact, wisdom. And they've tried to make these verses prophetic, looking to the Messiah. They are not references to the Messiah, but they instead are references to the eternal aspect of God's wisdom instead. That brings us to Proverbs chapter 9. We have a call to wise living in verses 1 through 6. Verse 1, Wisdom hath builded her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. She hath killed her beast. She hath mingled her wine. She hath also furnished her table. She hath sent forth her maidens. She crieth upon the highest places of the city. Whoso is simple, let him turn hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, Come, eat of my bread, and drink of the wine which I have mingled. Forsake the foolish, and live, and go in the way of understanding. Well, now here again, wisdom is personified, and it's in the feminine gender in the Hebrew. And therefore, it's feminine gender in the English as well. Wisdom is seen here as one calling men to follow her, wisdom, 
while at the same time, and of course, conversely, forsaking foolishness. How about that scorner in verses 7 through 12 of chapter 9? Verse 7, He that reproveth a scorner getteth to himself shame, and he that rebuketh a wicked man getteth himself a blot. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. For by me thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall be increased. If thou be wise, thou shalt be wise for thyself, but if thou scornest, thou alone shalt bear it. So can you correct a scorner? Solomon seems to indicate that you shouldn't waste your time doing so. Why? Well, here's what the Hebrew Dictionary, Brown, Driver, and Briggs say about this word scorner. It's the Hebrew word let's. The scorner is proud and haughty, delights in scorning, is incapable of discipline, reproof, or rebuke, cannot find wisdom, is an abomination, should be avoided, smitten and punished for the benefit of the simple, and banished for the removal of contention. Judgment is prepared for him. Wine is a scorner. Whoa! They laid it on pretty thick there, didn't they? Now, an important New Testament principle is reinforced in these verses. A scorner is the equivalent of one who is without a relationship with God. In other words, a lost person. You do no service to one who is without Christ by correcting his actions of conduct. Those actions are just symptoms of being immune to the influence of God. The first step is to win that person to Christ, as we see in verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Only when a person has developed a father-son relationship with God does rebuke over lifestyle issues take hold. And then, what about foolishness? In Proverbs chapter 9, verses 13 through 18, verse 13. A foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple and knoweth nothing. For she sitteth at the door of her house, on a seat in the high places of the city, to call passengers who go right on their ways. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. And as for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, Stolen waters are sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he knoweth not that the dead are there, and that her guests are in the depths of hell." Well, just as this chapter started out with a female personification of wisdom, these last six verses of the chapter do the same thing with foolishness, a female personification of foolishness. While it appears to be a reference to a woman who's foolish, the Hebrew structure used here is probably best understood to be foolishness personified as a woman instead. A pretty bold woman, I might add, whose influence can wipe you out. To recap, Solomon personifies wisdom as a woman in verses 1 through 6 and does the very same thing with foolishness in verses 13 through 18. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walton.